1: Today's Autosport Podcast is a World Rallycross Special. Well, this weekend, the World Rallycross Championship restarts in Sweden... And the season now set at seven rounds, with the goal to have fans potentially in attendance from round three in Latvia. The teams will have weathered the COVID-19 storm and the sport is looking ahead positively to an electric future from 2022. But this weekend in Sweden, there will be Ken Block and some electric action to preview. In the latest Hashtag Thinking Forward interview with the sport's leaders, James Allen talks to Paul Bellamy, the managing director of IMG Motorsport, the WRX promoter, who argues that while motorsport has to go electric, as soon as possible to retain manufacturer involvement there will remain a place for internal combustion engines in privateer classes. Plus they talk innovation and why world Rallycross is the perfect sport to convert the non-motorsport fan. Enjoy the podcast today.
3: Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining us on this hashtag uh, thinking forward episode. Obviously the world Rallycross WRX restarting again this weekend. What makes WRX so distinctive?
4: I think it's, it's, it's short form racing, uh, James, to be honest, you know, um, each race is only six minutes, four laps, basically head-to-head racing, and you don't need to be a motorsport enthusiast to really enjoy the sport, which for us is is great because it, it allows us to sort of bring your audiences in. I know that I could bring um, um, any, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even say sports fan, but any um, uh, fan of, of, of action events along to a rallycross race or even to watch it on TV, and say, look, just give me six minutes of your time You know, um, each heat only lasts six minutes. And and when you've got contact, head-to-head racing, and I only need someone's attention for six minutes, I can convert them. So I think that that, that's what makes, for me, that's what makes Rallycross so exciting.
3: How have you weathered the lockdown? And what impacts has it made on the series, beyond the obvious that you've not had any uh, events?
4: Yeah, I think for for us, it's, you know, we are a sport that requires... um, generally a live audience for all our promoters so that's been really difficult for our promotion partners we've managed with two of our promoters Sweden um, uh, and going to Finland to, to start racing behind closed doors but I think the biggest thing weathering this whole COVID-19 was esports it lended itself to esports and we were able to run an esports series bringing in a new audience and that really helped keep Rallycross at the forefront of people's minds over the last three or four months
3: I was going to come on and talk uh, about esports a bit later on, but as you've brought it up, I mean, obviously, there's, there's many different things to touch on there. You, you did have very good numbers and um, on your on your series, and it did look so like the real thing. I think of all of the esports series that were run during that virtual sort of season, I think the, the WRX was perhaps the one that was the most authentic uh, in many ways and, and, and exciting. But also, there's a, there's an accessibility side to this as well, isn't there, in terms of uh, uh, it really does open the funnel in terms of drawing new fans to the sport. Did you, did you find that? What was your feedback?
4: Yeah, it was. People that um, weren't necessarily Rallycross fans, or hadn't even seen Rallycross, but were gamers, were able to come to the site. Um, and, and I think the beauty of it, as, as a lot of other sports had, they were able to in- interact with the professionals and compete against them. But be, because, um, again, it was short-form racing, and Co Masters did a fantastic job, um, with the actual game, uh, it br- it brought new people in, and then we hope it will convert those people to fans. And and actually, you know, the synergy was is you know the is they have the ability then to go from esports potentially into um, one of the uh, the entry level cars. You know, it was RX two this year, um, and it may well be the the new series of of ERX2, which is electric, that the FIA are introducing next year. So, you know, you've got that, that, that bridge where you can go from eSports to the entry-level rally cross and then build your way, all, you know, all the way up through for those support series. So, so you know, it worked for us, and I think eSports is, is fantastic going forward in terms of building that fan base and getting to them early and making it um, accessible and available. Taking a
3: view then of the overall landscape when, when the world eventually returns to normal, and here we are sort of five minutes, months after lockdown, and we're still quite some, some way from that, even if the action is starting up again behind closed doors, as you said. What do you think will be different about motorsport once it rebalances going forward?
4: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, f- for us, uh, Rallycross has been really accessible. We've had an open paddock. Um, uh, through the whole world championship years. Um, obviously, that's going to change this year. We have to keep the teams in their own groups uh, when we do go back to racing, uh, certainly for the short, foreseeable short term. So that'll be a big difference. So it'll be the on-site and the live experience that is obviously going to totally change. I think the TV product, you won't see a great deal of, of changes there um, because... Because again, it's short form racing, and we'll, we'll be able to bring it to the, 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 the racing to the viewers as we always have done. But I think um, um, the teams and on site, that's going to be the challenge: is how we protect people and keep people safe, um, and then moving around from territory to territory. Because you know, um, Formula One have started uh, successfully, uh, but when you go from one territory to another, and not just a domestic championship, that's challenging. So um, it'll be the on site. Um, uh, experience that, that'll be different, especially as our first two events are behind closed doors.
3: You mentioned Formula One, obviously, which is the first, first major sport to be able to move cross geographies, cross borders. How much have you been able to learn from from their experiences?
4: Well, at the very, very start and very early on, the FAA um, uh, wisely got the, the World Championship promoters together on regular calls where we could share information. So um, uh, along with uh, you know, our colleagues in, in Formula E and, and WRC and F1, we've been speaking to each other and just sharing best practice in terms of guidelines, back to racing guidelines, what we've done in terms of testing. You know What we've had is that um, uh, IMG owns UFC and professional ball riding, PBR, and they went back to racing and competition back in, um, in, in, in April. So they put their early guidelines out. So we were fortunate to have access to those guidelines, um, and then just just sharing of information. And I think you know one of the the big positives to come out of this pandemic and the, and the closure is that you know we always got together with our our colleagues in other world championships once a year, but we've done it more regularly, and, and that's been really useful because there's been a feeling of sort of family, FIA family, and all in, all in this together, and we've certainly helped each other. So. Um, there's been a, as I say, a, a cross referencing and cross sharing of best practice, which has helped us tremendously.
3: Now, what about the teams? Obviously, you know, protecting the teams has been a big priority for for all the race series. It's extremely difficult for them, especially the ones that are so dependent upon event income from from sponsors, etc. How have your teams weathered this uh, this pandemic? Yeah,
4: they they, they I think they they've weathered it very well. We've had um, weekly calls with the team principals. Um, where we've, talked, get, we've updated them on where we are with calendars because obviously calendars have changed all the time. You know, events were going to have changed, what we're going to require them to do from testing, um, staying in their, in their bubbles. Um, and they've all been really, really supportive. And in fact, one of the Rallycross teams, um, uh, Yossi Pinamaki's team and, and Gronholm, they were instrumental in helping us get an event on in Finland that wasn't on the original calendar. So everybody's pulled together, shared practice, you know, what it means, what experience they've had of, of crossing territories in Europe, how they've done it. Um, and it, it's been really challenging to them, but everybody's pulling together for the good of just basically getting back to racing and competition. So um, very, very tough, obviously, for sponsors, uh, for them, but um, by keeping them updated and ensuring the TV product um, and the live streaming is still the same, We hope that once we get back to racing, their sponsors will see the value um, that they're going to be getting because more people are going to be watching it for TV and live stream.
3: Let's talk a little bit about the manufacturers because obviously this crisis, this pandemic crisis, has been tough for for everybody. But, I mean, uh, you had your own challenges with manufacturers a couple of years ago, back in in 2018. More generally, though, how do you see the participation of manufacturers in the sport in future? Obviously, the, the rationale for them to invest not, hasn't really changed, but obviously their ability to do so and the level of investment clearly will reduce in the short term. But but how important do you feel that motorsport will be to them?
4: I think that all depends on 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 what that motorsport looks like going forward. You know, I, we've we've stayed in in very close contact with the manufacturers the, the whole process. Um, you know, it's 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 no um, secret that they that they walked away from the the world championship um, over 12 months ago. Um, uh, and that was fine because their whole marketing um, strategy was to get behind new technologies, either w- whether that be hybrid or electric, and we weren't ready to turn electric at that time. As we go forward, the way I see it, I think internal combustion engine racing still has a place in motorsports, but probably for privateers and, and probably the romantics amongst us and the fans out there. The future for manufacturer involvement Will be for, for will be the the, um, the new technology and whether that's hybrid or electric. From a rallycross perspective, we believe that's going to be electric. Um, and the plan, uh, you know, with the FIA is for the World Championship to be electric from twenty twenty two. That's when I think we'll start seeing manufacturer involvement come back. And it may be a year after that once they they see the championship up and running for a year to see how it goes. Um, and that's when the marketing dollars will come back in. Um, but but, but but the plan and the strategy would be for not to not to leave internal combustion engine racing behind totally
3: and have you had positive signals from, from the manufacturers and the OEMs about your direction of travel
4: yeah I mean we speak to them all regularly just keep them updated on where we're going um, they're always very happy to hear from us and so just say keep us updated obviously um, we've announced now that we will actually get electric racing going this weekend in Sweden with Project E and we're very excited about that and you know Uh, We've got Ken Block coming along, um, which will help hugely. He's a well-known name, and he's really excited to embrace electric. So I I feel that that we're on the right trajectory, and the manufacturers are all very keen, obviously with Ken, Ford have been very heavily involved with him coming to Project E, and we've been speaking to them in you know in the UK regularly through lockdown on you know on Ken's involvement and how they can help.
3: Just uh, looking a bit further forward, then obviously you've got your pathway that you you know this weekend. it will be very interesting to see with how that all goes with with the Project E. But what what other steps are you taking to future-proof the series? You know, looking to innovate, but at the same time. Maintaining that core fan base, you know, the balance between electric, internal combustion engine, etc. It, it's it's a difficult one to fathom. What's what's your what's your sense tell you about the, how you future proof? I,
4: I I think my view on that is that rallycross um, we're very fortunate a- across a rallycross weekend we have eighty races because we've got a number of support categories. So in terms of future proofing um, the the sport, if you like. We can combine both. So, and, and what I mean by that is the vision would be that the World Championship does go electric in 2022, but the support categories, whether it's Euro, supercar, super 1600s, will still stay internal combustion engine because there's privateers out there, there's, there's cars out there that still need to go racing somewhere. So if we've got it right, and that is the way, it's combining the old with the new. So, and I'm certain that, the, the, traditional rallycross fans you know unless there's a noise to it or a roar they're not going to want to know but there's always that element isn't there of human nature is i don't like it but i'm going to tune in just to prove i don't like it and then i think when they understand or when they see the technology behind it and the fact that these cars you know with just all the pure talk are going to be faster and there will still be contact then they'll start watching it and and, then, um, and, and then cross over coupled with the younger generation people and kids that now are looking to buy vehicles and they're looking at electric vehicles to buy and and generally what used to be hot hatches that, that, that are the cars that, that are going to be competing in rallycross you know whether it's the um, ford or peugeot or vw that's the market for these guys and they'll be able to relate to the cars they can see on track with the cars they can buy and and all the um Although all the young people I've spoken to my kids' generation, it's electric vehicles. That's what they're all looking at, electric vehicles. You know, if you're going to want to drive in a city centre, and I'm not just talking about capital cities now, um, cities around Europe that, uh, and the world, you're going to have to have an electric vehicle of some sort to get in. You know, it's just a question of how quickly it comes.
3: It's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously the, the move towards decarbonization uh, in motorsport was was coming anyway. Obviously Formula One's working on these biofuels. I mean, they're, they're obviously committed to hybrid for the foreseeable future. Formula E is obviously in a very strong position, having the, you know, the license for many years for, for electric prototype racing. But do you see, when you're talking about the drive towards sustainability, um, do you see that accelerating now? I mean, you obviously you made this step, but looking around you at the landscape, do you see what perhaps would have been a slightly longer horizon is now coming much shorter before, before everything at the, at the sort of elite level has to focus on, you know, really sustainable uh,
4: motorsport. I think so for a number of reasons. One, you and probably anybody else that's listening probably has realised just how clear and cleaner the air is in lockdown. You know, there's been less planes flying around and, you know, I, I, I live just outside London. But the, but the traffic and the pollution has dropped massively, and I think statistics show, and that just proves, you know, what a good thing for the environment will be if there, you know, if there's less combustion engine vehicles, you know, um, on the roads and less planes. So so that will help. I think the car manufacturers have had a torrid time with moving new vehicles and new cars, so that's going to accelerate the change to what is the future's going to look like, and I think. To my mind, once consumers understand that that future is coming and coming quicker, the ones that are sitting on not making a purchase will purchase electric vehicles or or vehicles that potentially aren't diesel or petrol as the future. If you look what's happening to electric bike sales, they've gone through the roof in this whole lockdown. And I think that my feeling is, to your original question, that will mean um, society embraces electric vehicles much quicker than it would have done, I think.
3: Coming back to the issue of um, getting the people back into the to the venues, what's your sense of, of what twenty one will look like, and and will we be back to normal at some point in twenty twenty one, or is it likely to take longer than that? What 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 are your
4: peers telling you? There'll be a transition. We're not going to get back to normal levels. I don't in twenty twenty one straight away. I think it all depends on how quickly we find a vaccine uh, and how quickly um, people. Um, Except going back to racing again, motorsports over in this instance has a huge advantage in that you know we're, our sport competes um, over a much wider area, so it's not a contained stadium. So that does allow it. It's much easier for social distancing and going to events. And, and you know, on one hand, it makes it harder because you've got a bigger area to control. But on the other hand, it makes it easier to open up because. If you can, you're not, you're not sitting in a grandstand next to somebody else, you know, and, and you haven't got the same challenges that theatres have got. Now, you may have to limit grandstand capacity and you may have to limit, um, um, you know, GA, general events, but there is a way back quicker than potentially for football and rugby. And, and again, the athletes can be contained. So I think... I think it it depends how quickly it comes back. I think there'll be an element to come next year that that fans will be so fed up of not being able to go to events and do anything over a 12-month period, Um, especially the younger generation. And we have got a younger audience that we will see them coming back. I don't think we'll see them coming back to 2018-19 levels straight away. I think that might take a bit more time. Um, And then obviously there is the the cost element. But, um, you know, I do believe it'll come back and I, I suspect sort of, Halfway through next season is where I would, would hope we would start, you know, getting back to, to where we previously were.
3: And just thinking forward to, to the way the sport connects, obviously, you know, your sport is, is fast, it's dynamic, it's engaging, it lends itself to digital media, it lends itself to social media, etc. But what innovations are you seeing or are you anticipating over the years that's going to help
4: our sport to, to grow its, uh, its engagement? I think one of the things, and we've been speaking to one of our, you know, our main sponsor Monster on this, is that traditional sponsorships are going to really struggle. You know, um, the, the sponsorship model had been changing anyway from the whim of a chairman who, who likes a particular sport to actually return on investment. What we found is that a lot of our sponsors want to do activation on site because of this whole pandemic. They can't do that. So we're not going to be running with fan zones this year. So we've had to try and create new models to allow them to have their brand out there and interact. And a lot of that is going to be content-led. So what we have been working on through this whole lockdown with Monster is to create an OTT show that's presented by them that gives fans something more than they've ordinarily had. Um, You know, it's not just content and race footage because that's what our broadcasters have got. It's beyond that, so um, and and it and it's a way of interacting uh, with fans. So it's going to be more online competitions. There's we're going to create a monster studio that's online. It'll be it'll be free to air, and the whole point about that is to build up the audience for rallycross, but also bring in a new audience. So we will launch that next week. Um, um, It'll be on the Sunday um, evening after Hulias, um, uh, where we will have a 30 minute show. Um, and it will sit on the WRX platform um, and it'll be open to broadcasters um, and other platforms as well. Um, and it's going to be, <laughs> for your older viewers, I'm one of those. It's a, it's a cross between TGI Friday, Football Focus, you know, the Peter Couch podcast. It's an element of all those things to try and make it fun. Um, and I think that is one area where we're going to have to embrace um, new ideas and new technology uh, uh, moving forward. But, but I think there, there is an opportunity there.
3: Um, and finally, Paul, um, obviously we've seen throughout this summer and um, very, very strong messaging increasingly from the FIA about racing for purpose. Um, we've seen all kinds of um, drive towards you know, diversity, accessibility. We've already talked about sustainability, etc. Do you think we're at the point now where, where sport has to demonstrate a sense of purpose in order to have a future?
4: Yes. I think it does. Um, and I think we're in a very strong position to lead that. And, and it's been led, you know, it's been started and led by the FIA. And I think people will take notice through sport. It's a different way of getting people's attention. And, and um, you know, we've been, um, we've been fortunate because Rallycross is, while it's an older sport, the World Championship is relatively new. So there's not a lot of old barriers to break down. You know, um, our last three world champions, the team principals have been women you know who have picked up the world championship trophies at the end of the year which is with with um you know Suzanne Hansen and and, and Vanilla Solberg, that's fantastic with the support categories we've got and rallycross lends itself to the cars being adapted we've been able to have um you know a number of disabled drivers compete by adapting the cars you know and in fact in in euro supercar Matt Oldman, we've got competing this year in the whole season. So we're starting that process. We're not there yet and it's still not good enough and it needs to be more diverse than it currently is uh, using different backgrounds. But because it's not an expensive motorsport to enter, that breaks barriers down straight away, that it's not, you know, the white middle class um, that potentially motorsport was of previous years. You know, inner city kids that have got talent but potentially haven't got the availability, we hope. Through esports and other areas, they can then start getting into it. Um, and everybody always you know, always thinks about its drivers, but it's not. When you look at other areas in the industry, you know, so media, um, dietitians, physios, you know, keep fit for that. There, there is room for talented people from all diverse backgrounds to get involved and earn a living out of the sport, um, and that's what we're trying to encourage
3: fantastic a great note on which to finish thank you so much for making the time and the very best of luck with your restart i can't wait to see it it's such a spectacular sport very popular in my family and i wish you all the
4: very best for, for that thank you very much james
3: a
1: reminder, you can catch all of our Hashtag Thinking Forward interviews if you have a look at our podcast channel. Throughout 2020 so far, we've featured many different interviews with motorsport leaders, and you're welcome to catch up on those anytime. Make sure you subscribe to all of our different podcasts across the motorsport network, not just here on the Autosport Podcast, but the brand-new motorsport.com global podcast, as we bring together our talented team of world-class journalists to talk about motorsport every single week, Just search motorsport.com in your podcast app. We've just wrapped up the Formula E season. Search for the Current Affairs podcast. Our sister title, GP Racing, has a podcast called Flat Chat. If you love your action with two wheels, not four, search for the Tank Slappers podcast for weekly updates of MotoGP and more. And we tackle motorsports unpopular opinions in Is It Just Me? with Jess and Luke, a weekly podcast looking at Formula One's biggest topics.
4: 18 plus.